joining us this morning. We have a fun, uh, fun service for you here. Kind of a, uh, doing something we haven't really done before. Here, I'll tell you more about the pastor social aspect of it all here. So, um, but we're going to go ahead and pray real quick, and we'll jump right into it. Um, again, thanks for joining us, and let's just pray again. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. Just thank you for the chance to come together and to worship you and just have fellowship together. And God, I just pray that this uh, this time, that things that we cover this morning, the different verses that are shared and different goals, that um, God, you would speak to each one of us. Lord, you know what's going on in each of our hearts right now in our lives. You know, um, God, what we need to hear from you. So I just pray you would meet us here, redeem our time together. We just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, let's see here. As far as uh, pastor social goes, um, I don't know how many of you uh, know what a pastor social is. Anyone know what a pastor social is? I'm not real sure what they are either. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like an ice cream social, except there's not any ice cream and there's extra pastors here. So that's uh, I think that's the heart of the pastor social. We are going to look at some of the, we're just going to revisit some of our vision and stuff here and just in light of uh, kind of our launch and changing into the spring here, things like that. Um, but we're going to do it in a way that we're going to have each one of us as pastors just share, uh, share a little of what's on our heart, things uh, each one of us is going to kind of just... Uh, you know, get help you get acquainted with us. Uh, some of you might know us all, some of you might not, but we're just going to do a little, each one of us. Um, and so, as you know, in, in general, pastoring, when you speak, there's a chance that one pastor can go long, and so um, with four pastors, this could get kind of windy up here. So, um, we'll uh, no, hope that's not the case. But no, um, anyways, we do have, we're just going to review, um, let me see a couple of guys here pass out some handouts. We have some, uh, get a couple of these. Lovely volunteers here. Jesse's been volunteered on Zach's behalf. All right. So we just have a handout with some of the things we've talked about as far as our vision goes. Uh, I'm going to do a quick, uh, uh, you know, maybe a quick flyover of some things here. Just to to remind you of things we're aiming for as a church here. Then I'm going to introduce Tim, and I think Brad will be up after him, and then Jeff will do some stuff as well, and then I'll kind of clean up any any mess they make here. So... um, but, you know, um, in general, the, our, our vision, if we have one sentence, one statement, we've been just um, going with this one here, reach the world with Jesus starting here. You know, and just a quick review of what that means. Let's see. The reach the world with Jesus, there's really three parts of that. One is reach the world with Jesus means the gospel, the good news about Jesus and what he's done for us, his love, his forgiveness, his grace. We want to reach the world with with Jesus and the good news about Him. We want to reach the world with Jesus as in His disciples representing Jesus in this world. He has called us as His disciples to represent Him. So we want to reach the world with Jesus being His ambassadors and His disciples. And then the last part, reach the world with Jesus as in, you know, He said when He issued His final command there that um, to go to the ends of the earth, but He also said, and I'm coming with you. And so we want to reach the world with with Jesus, His Spirit is with us. And so that's kind of reached the world with Jesus side of things. Um, the other part is starting here. And we have three uh, three starting here parts of that. And it's um, starting here means 
If we're going to reach the world with Jesus, we've got to start right in our own hearts. What's going on in our own heart? Why would we ever want to reach someone if in our own world it's not going well? Like the old saying is, uh, you know, if your Christian faith is not working at home, don't try to export it, you know. And so uh, we want to make sure it's working in our own hearts before we try to reach the world with it. Um, we want to start here in our own church and some things we want to talk about, some goals we have as a church uh, of ways we can work together um, to advance the gospel. And then the last one is in our Jerusalem. And and so those are kind of a, a, a brief, in a nutshell, of our, our vision here. So... Um, what we're going to do here, let me see, in our lives, got some goals here. We'll just fly through some of those. There's some verses there. We're going to look at all these are on your handout here, so you can look at them. We're just going to do, again, it's, a, it's kind of more of a flyover slash pastor. So, so in our church, we have some goals here. There's a verse about equipping people in the church. Um, we're talking about equipped with the gospel, equipped to serve within the church, and equipped to reach out uh, together to reach out with, uh, to others. Uh, what else do we have? That's some of this. We've got want to be a church that connects with others, kind of like the Lego church, if you will. Um, and then what else we have here? We've got our Jerusalem. Jerusalem is really our homes, our neighborhoods, our classrooms. You know, Jesus said to start first in your Jerusalem and then work your way out. And so we all want to be witnesses in our Jerusalem. And each one of you kind of represents uh, a different Jerusalem. We have goals related to that. I think Brad will speak to some of those also. We've also got, uh, let's see, after this we have a handy dandy uh, org chart. I think Jeff will will talk to, uh, related to our org chart here as well. So um, those are some things. So what I'm going to do is introduce to you, I think, Tim Cavanaugh. So some of you might know Tim. Give Tim a, a warm welcome here. And, uh, Just have Tim share a few things on his heart. Um, let me get you a mic here. All right. There you go. Excellent. Nice shirt. We got the plaid memo going. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. All right. It's not a requirement, though. Don't feel bad if you don't have one. There you go. Okay. Thanks, Rich. Uh, well, good morning, and welcome to Valley View Community Church. Um, now, that's what I used to say. We used to say it for 23 years. And then a little over two years ago, uh, our church, Valley View Community Church, decided to evaluate just the direction God would have us go, which ultimately resulted in our merging with the firehouse. And i got to say, over the last two years, it's been one of the most exciting things that we could have done. I wish we had done it many years even sooner uh, in, in some respects. But it was uh, a great decision. Just to give you some framework on this, it was in January of 2011 that about 10 of us at Valley View began to pray about what we should do uh, with the future of our church and just what direction we should go. Uh, I was getting older. We were kind of wanting a younger guy and as well, and yet uh, we were at that point in our church where we needed to transition into a younger, the next generation. And uh, it was going to be tough. My salary was kind of uh, dependent on the church. And so whether the church liked it or not, they were stuck with me probably for many years to come. Uh, and yet at the same time, we had this desire to bring another guy on board and turn the reins over to the next generation. Different considerations. So we began to meet every week. We began to pray every week, starting in January. 
and get counsel and so on and just really think through this important decision together. It reminded me of a verse in Isaiah 32.8. And this verse says, Noble men make noble plans, and by those plans they stand. Now that passage comes from the book of Isaiah, and it's in a, a, a section of Scripture that describes the millennium. And it goes to uh, the fact that there won't be rash decisions in the millennium. Noble men will make noble plans. Uh, there's not going to be a cloudy distinction between right and wrong in the millennium. There's going to be clarity on what is right and what is wrong. That's the context. But you know, if noble men make noble plans, and that's a good thing in the millennium, it's a good thing now, too. And uh, we really sought God's plans and uh, pursued those plans. And um, I think God gave grace. Some people would like to have added the word quickly to that verse. Noble men make noble plans quickly. But you know, that verse just, that word is just not in that verse. And so it did kind of drag on. Maybe we could have done a little sooner. But after about six months, we really felt we could step forward in faith. It says a righteous man will walk by faith. And that means confidence in what you believe God wants you to do in whatever area of life it is. For us at that time, it was deciding what to do with the church. And uh, we waited until we had agreement. We threw it out to Rich and, and Jeff and Brad. Those men then needed to pray about it. We both knew it would change our churches. Really, both churches would probably cease to exist as they were because a new organism really happened when we came together as one church in the fall of 2011, I guess, uh, two years this fall. And when we came together, we had noble plans. And those noble plans included uh, having a second person come on board, included within six months going back up north to reestablish our church in the north. And uh, then I guess another verse kicks in. And that's a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 16, verse 9. And that says that the heart or mind of a man plans his way, but God directs their steps. And what that verse kind of tells me is that our plans and the steps God chooses for us sometimes are not the same. And it's not that you misplanned or it's not that you didn't make the right plan or missed somehow. It's just that God uh, has other things in mind for us. And uh, that certainly happened that fall. It kind of reminds me of this bumper sticker. And I heard a comedian speak on this once. But a bumper sticker on a car ahead of you says, God is my co-pilot. Have you guys ever seen that? Uh, bumper sticker? Well, I heard this guy talk about that once, and he said he saw that bumper sticker on the car ahead of him. God is my co-pilot. So he spun around the car, sped up, because he wanted to take a look at who was driving. You know, if God's the co-pilot. I mean, if you get in a car, if God gets in a car for a ride and says, uh, you know, um, you know, what's the shotgun? You know, if God says shotgun, you know, you want to know who's driving that car, right? Uh, anyway, that's kind of what it was. Uh, we, uh, we, we were the ones that said shotgun, though. And God was the one driving our vehicle. We're the co-pilots. And God kind of redefined our steps. And when we got together, having taken that step of faith, uh, thinking we knew what the next steps were, God changed our steps some. And we never really then felt it was God's desire for us to move back in the north, uh, where some of us has come from. But that God had a plan to merge us together and that that was going to take some time. And it might take some time to get another man on board. Well, anyway, the other day I just shared with some of the guys now after two years at the firehouse. 
And by the way, welcome to the firehouse too. That uh, certainly. Uh, where we're at now. and uh, But I just highlighted with some of the guys a few of the things I'm so grateful for over the last two years. And I would hope that I could take my segment here today to underscore uh, those things. Some of those things related to the plans we made. Some of those things relate to the steps God chose for us. Uh, but in either case, I'm so grateful for what God has done. Uh, first of all, I am grateful here in, with two years under our belt here at the firehouse. I'm grateful for noble men that do make noble plans. You know, I'm so grateful for Rich and Jeff and Brad, having gotten to know them better. Uh, that first time we met, even throughout the idea, although I know, knew other guys, I really didn't know them so well. But these are really good men. And I am so privileged to be pastoring with these men. They're laying their lives down for, the, for God. They want to advance God's kingdom. Uh, they'll lay their lives down for this church. And that is just so exciting. And I'm thrilled to be a part of helping, you know, think through and, and discuss noble plans. Uh, some of which you'll hear more of uh, with the next segments coming here with Brad and Jeff. It's just neat to be a part of a church like that. You know, we haven't got a guy on board full-time. That was our plan. God's step, though, was to bring a guy on board one day a week. But it's Greg Miller. And Greg, you know, he works with one hand tied behind his back just to make it fair. You know, he's really good. And what Greg does in one day, I would do in a week. So really, we do have a full-time guy on staff. But since we only pay him for one day, we probably ought to call it just one day a week. But, you know, Greg left an architectural job one day a week there to come here to work here at the, at the church. I remember one night we were kind of, somebody threw out the idea of having a video display that could kind of advertise the church as people walked by. Met a couple here today that came just by walking by here at uh, the firehouse. And uh, lo and behold, it's there now. It's up and running. And that was because of that one day a week Greg is investing with the church here. And hopefully that will move on into a full-time position here as God leads with the right person at the right time. But I'm excited about that, that there has been progress made in that direction. Uh, you know, we began to think about the need for deacons, and I was just stopping to think it through that the other day. Boy, we spent a whole fall getting on page with what that meant, went through a book together, discussed it every Tuesday night. I bet there was 40, 50 guys every Tuesday night in those discussions. And after all was said and done, though, many of the men there would qualify as deacons, decided that the church needed two. And Rob Nielsen and Jeremy Triggs were added on board with Greg Miller as deacons. And uh, that's exciting. And with each of those given, being given certain areas of responsibility uh, to really help the church function better. You know, we also, as I think through this, and having had many years of pastoring, not only at Valley View, but uh, 10 years down in Gainesville, Florida, besides, uh, I've come across a lot of uh, men over the years, but, you know, there's a lot of good, a strong base of young, good men, and uh, a lot of good old guys, too, I'd like to say, uh, but uh, that are here at the firehouse. And uh, it's just exciting to have that base uh, of men and women, that uh, just quality men and women. I've been real excited about it. And then we kind of decided to really set our thoughts for what we could do in the future and what would be the most important step to take first to lay a foundation for our approach to ministry into the future. 
And one book that kind of stirred us last fall, we spent a whole fall on that as pastors going through the gospel-centered discipleship, which was a book then we introduced to the church, and then we went through that as a church to lay down the importance of the gospel, lay down the importance of grace, the need to really preach the gospel to ourselves every day because it's easy to forget and fall into the idea that Christianity is about performing and doing good things to earn our favor with other Christians and with God when, in fact, uh, you know, Jesus has taken all of our sins. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God. And that's an exciting truth that we want to base this ministry upon. And, you know, I am so thrilled by the involvement of Firehouse into the community. Uh, you know, my daughter Fiona had a race one day, and it was over at the golf course near where Regis is. And uh, a bunch of people were kind of gathering together to run over there. And there was Rich out running with the best of them. And, uh, or maybe the worst of them, I'm not sure. But Rich definitely uh, wants to be a part of the community. You know what we've done there at North High, just up the way here, uh, in giving them thousands and thousands of dollars through the 5K. I just think that's incredible. And uh, truly, uh, to try to envision integrating into the community in ways like this, uh, getting in with the local high school here and giving money to other organizations like that. I'm really proud of this church, Firehouse, our church, Firehouse, for those efforts. Highlands Moms, uh, another community group where I was talking with Brad and Sarah, I think, actually drove by them on their way to this event yesterday, where 15 of this group of hundreds of mothers in this area, 15 of them figured out their kids were having birthdays about the same time. And yesterday they had a birthday party for 15 little kids from Highlands Moms Group here in this area. I just think that's incredible how we're beginning to really, you know, uh, penetrate and reach into and become a part of uh, our community. And, you know, last week was so exciting where, you know, 12 little kids were dedicated. That was just exciting. One was my grandchild, and that was uh, exciting, too. A uh, little embarrassment, she gave Brad a big kiss on the lips. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, uh, pretty exciting. And uh, baptisms. And, uh, you know... Uh, it's just thrilling to see a number of people who have recently become Christians and uh, many of them that uh, became baptized. And, uh, you know, that is so exciting. Uh, one couple that uh, had been coming out here for quite a while even, uh, lo and behold, had yet to come to know Christ. Uh, the husband got baptized in last week and all. Uh, that's just exciting. And uh, uh, the gospel getting out. Financial Peace University on Saturdays, halfway through that organization now, or that program now uh, that uh, Dave Ramsey has. And, you know, there's probably few things that meet the needs of where most of us are at in our financial situation. And uh, to have a great ministry, you know, with, with different ones really heading that up uh, to help us grow in our financial stewardship is wonderful. This past spring, with a relationship with the church in Omaha, nearly 50 college-age kids came here to be a part of the firehouse, as they've done for several years now. And, uh, you know, they staged, organized a concert at Regis. They staged and organized a concert at Auraria, and they handed out 10,000 flyers uh, here in our area, in our, uh, which is just incredible. And, uh, you know, those are goals that just uh, ones that we've wanted to do for a long time, but just haven't been able to do. 
but with their help, we got we got out there and knocked off so much. Uh, small groups are now in place, and we're beginning to uh, build relationships as never before in our small groups, and that's exciting. There's a platform now for discipleship, uh, for service groups, ministry groups, and different ones have been uh, started. The the hospitality group, John McIntosh is helping on, for example. Julie and I signed up for that, or I think Julie signed up for that, and we both do it, uh, I think is how it works. Uh, but, you know, that's really thrilling. And uh, other ministries are uh, coming down the chute and ready to get started. And I'm just thrilled by this. Uh, I love the fact that we meet at 9 o'clock for prayer every Sunday morning. Uh, you know, uh, church dedicated to prayer. Anyway, I could go on. These are just some of the highlights over the last two years that, uh, again, um, are a result of noble men making noble plans. Uh, it's also a result of God taking, uh, choosing our steps and looking ahead to the future. I believe we will continue just to apply faith uh, to every decision that is being made here. And I think you can really, uh, really contribute here. Uh, it's a wonderful place to, uh, to be a part of. And together, as we desire to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, together you can invest in a wonderful avenue by making Firehouse your church, as I've made it mine. And my wife has made it hers, and my family's made it ours. So we're thrilled that the Firehouse is now our home. You know, Onesimus, he had a plan uh, to leave Philemon, but he ended up coming back because God had determined his steps. And Paul, he had a plan to kill Christians, but God uh, made him one of them. And uh, we've got a lot of plans that we're going to look forward to in the future, and we're really excited to see how God directs our steps. So hopefully we'll all be a part of that. Rich, thank you very much. All right, we'll, uh, we're just gonna, I'm gonna introduce Brad. Oh, Brad, come on up here, why don't you? We'll have him share next, and then we'll have Jeff, uh, Jeff on deck, wherever he is out there somewhere. All right, there we go. Get warmed up there, Jeff. All right. There's, there's Brad. Why don't you welcome Brad up here? Well, good morning. My name is Brad. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you bear with going through all of us. I will introduce myself a little bit, just for those of you that don't know me. Uh, I am uh, working full-time outside of the church. I work for the, the courts doing I'm a senior Java programmer there, and then volunteer here, and work with my family there in the middle. But I, uh, I grew up in Colorado and Boulder, and then... I went up to CSU in Fort Collins, so I've got to experience kind of the left-wing hippie life. I've got to experience the ag life in Fort Collins and then settled down in Denver. I kind of did neither, but been around the state a little bit. It's a good state. I, uh, so I, I got involved with a sister church up in Fort Collins called uh, Summit View Church up there and then moved to Denver in 2004 to kind of help start this church. Just, uh, just finishing college. My wife Sarah now also moved here to help start the church in 2004. So we got to, we we're both finishing school and got to know each other a little bit and, um, eventually on the way there became a pastor with a firehouse and a couple years later married Sarah. And so God's just blessed and I've been blessed to be a part of this church and, and God's really worked in my life through, um, through men and women in this church and, we also have a, a daughter named Phoebe who's 
going on 11 months old here. Uh, we did uh, we did have this joint birthday party yesterday. They eventually put a cake on the floor, and we stripped every baby down to their diaper and set them loose on it uh, on a tarp. Now, it's kind of funny. I don't know if any of these babies had had cake before. To get everyone to eat it, it was like gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, fun-free cake, but it had some fruit on top, so we made sure everyone could eat it, and, and all the babies, they, they kind of picked off the fruit. None of them would go at it too much, but see, Phoebe hung in there. It was down to like most of them had gone on and did something else, and there was Phoebe and this one other baby still eating cake until we finally drug her away, so it's a little practice for when her real birthday comes. We're hoping she knows what to do with the cake and doesn't sit there and pick fruit, but no, but we've had we've had fun there. I we've also had fun with uh, Tim's Tim's granddaughter there. I, I don't know what happened on stage the other day. It was, uh, but we babysit for them to go on date night, and, and Luke warned me to get out of the house so I didn't go anywhere near his daughter again. He's he's watching me, so. <laughs> But uh, no, we, we've we've had fun getting to know, you know, Tim and his family, and even it's fun to have his his kids and grandkids with us as well. It's been fun there. But um, well, some of uh, we've been excited here at the the firehouse. I'll just talk through some of what's going on here, and some of these goals we wrote up as we went looked through things in the fall and just evaluated what God might have for us in the future. And as we go through them. It's going to be, I think it's kind of exciting because some of them are in motion and it's already a praise and some of them are things to look for in the future. But if, if you have a slide back there that says, In Our Jerusalem and has a verse on it, is there one before that? Yeah, that's the ticket. i just maybe read this verse here. Just as a mission we're on, um, as we talk about reaching our neighborhood, one thing we're trying to do here, Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this is part of the mission we're on here. We feel like this is almost even a how to do it. You know, in, in Matthew 28, Jesus talks about go into all the nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and God's given us this mission of go reach the world with the gospel. And in a lot of ways, this verse we take is a, okay, so if we're going to go reach the world, what, what do we do? How do we do it? Where do we get started? And this adds some legs to it, I think, of just how do we get started today? How do we get started this year on reaching the world? And it talks about you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And the idea is that we start local. We start, that's Jerusalem was just the city they were in when they talked about this. So for us, we look at that and say, you will be my witnesses in the Denver Highlands neighborhood, right here on the corner as you go outside. And so that's some things we're chewing on is how to do there is how do we, how do we be witnesses in our homes, neighborhoods, classrooms, workplaces, spheres of influence, and the whole Denver Highlands neighborhood we wrote up there. And that's something we've been working on. I, I read a verse this morning in the, the one-year Bible that I think in a lot of ways was an encouragement to me and challenging just of... Um, I think in some ways in the last year we've gotten some encouragement to, hey, keep working on this. Look at how you can be doing this and applying this now. And, and a verse I read this morning is Proverbs 13.4. It says, the soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. You know, uh, 
last fall, John Meyer is a pastor up in the Fort Collins Church. It's kind of a, acts as a coach to our region of churches now, and, and he met with us through the fall. And I feel like that was somewhat of a message he had was, Hey, firehouse pastors, what what are you doing in the neighborhood? How are you how are you hitting your Jerusalem? How are you taking advantage of some of these opportunities? And in a lot of ways, I feel like the four of us were looking around the room going, Ooh, well, we're doing some things, we're trying some things, and I think we can get a lot better. I think we can do a lot more to be diligent, to not be sluggards or lazy people that waste the neighborhood around us, but really get out there and do something about it. And the the next slide you had up there just talks through a few goals we talked about. Um, these are some things as we sat down, we just said, what are some things we can do together? What are some things we can plan just to, to reach this neighborhood and to be diligent and to be good stewards of what God's given us right in our backyard here? So a few of these things I'll just run through, but we talked about becoming known as the Jesus people in the Denver Highlands neighborhood. You know, that that one we talked about, you know, as you think of this neighborhood, you can, you know, you can think of what's the coffee house of, of the Highlands and what's the ice cream shop of the Highlands and what's the bar of the Highlands and where do you get pizza. And we just wanted to say, well, God, let us be good stewards that people think, well, where do you go to church in the Denver Highlands neighborhood and who's talking about Jesus and who's living it out? Oh, the firehouse. So we just made it a goal. How can we do that? Let's let's chew on how to how to really get his name out there and be people that are obeying. Just so it 2013 it talks about is a is a um, a campaign we're doing as a whole association of churches. But the whole idea is just get out and get the gospel out. Just so it. Just do something with the gospel. And we felt like well, there's a few things we we can do in it. Um, you know, reach reach people in Jerusalem with the gospel. That one under it is, is a goal we've been kicking around is just to knock on every door in the Denver Highlands neighborhood for the gospel. Um, we decided, should we put this on there? Should we announce it before we're sure we can do it? Or, or what? Because that's a lot of doors to knock on. But we thought, well, God, let us just put something out there to, to knock on every door, to go out in our neighborhood, to meet people. We've informally knocked on some doors in the past, and we kind of got a map and started walking down Tejon Street and saw how far we got. But it wasn't a real defined goal to get out and, and reach our whole Jerusalem. Um, the next one on there, form common interest outreach teams we talked about, was just the idea of why don't we get people together that are in an area and doing what they like to do and draw people in where they're doing it and just really encourage people to run with it, like people we might have at the, the high school down the road or, or people that like to bike together or our moms. Um, and so that's something we're still looking at, in some ways getting kicked off later this year and this summer, still looking at. I think we put financial piece on there of get people in the door just to talk about finances, but we're just trusting that God will, will bless that in a way of of really just setting you loose with what you like to do. If you like to bike, great, invite people to bike and share people share with people about Jesus and how he's affected your life while you're doing it. Or if you like to go hiking, great, do that and and share with people. Or if you like to coupon, great, do that and, and share with Jesus while you're doing it because uh, you'll meet people with what you're doing. Another one we put down there is Grow the Firehouse 5K. We've Tim mentioned that's a praise. We've done that a number of years and been able to give to the high school, but... Um, 
I think already that's growing. We have a team together that's thinking about it and, and planning ahead for the future, which is more than we've done before. I think in previous years we had Gretchen talking to some businesses before, and Jeff was trying to keep the thing from falling over, and it would happen another year, but there wasn't a ton of people thinking about it. But we have a, a whole team in place now that's volunteered to do that already, which is exciting. And we also even talked about starting a Saturday night service. Um, just to try to reach some younger people in the neighborhood or reach kind of this demographic that's out going to the bars anyway in our neighborhood. Let's give them an option of church on maybe even Saturday night when they're out at the bars down the street. That's a few things we we put on here. Uh, I, I do think of that verse that Tim Tim shared as one I was thinking of sharing too, but that's good. It might just tie together here, but just thinking of Isaiah 32, 8, that a noble man makes noble plans and by noble plans he stands. I think... Um, you know, if you've been with us a while, we've talked through some of these things and tried to chew on it even over a year, a couple years, but I think it's a good thing as a church that we have something that we're looking forward to, that we have something we're trying to do together, especially as we've gotten a little bigger. You might have noticed that it's harder to do some organic things and show up Wednesday and go reach the highlands. Well, that's, that's great. It works well when you have a church of 20 or 50, or, but if you have 100 and some people show up Wednesday and you try to go reach the highlands, it's going to turn into chaos. So I think God's giving us some things of how are we gonna how are we gonna grow together? How are we gonna plan that out? And some of those things that Jeff's gonna talk about, some of the ways we're organizing that. That's been a blessing just to say, how do we go from that church that's that's 50 people to a church that's 200, 300 people? That how do we make those transitions and really get people engaged with what's going on? And that's that's some of what we're thankful for and is going on there. And. It's exciting just to make noble plans and just apply it in faith. You know, I think of that that verse I shared in Proverbs, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. You know, we might we might not hit all these goals, we might hit all these goals by faith we're trusting God and we're going for it, but you know, the church that aims for nothing is going to get nothing. The church that's trying nothing isn't going to produce fruit. And so, you know, as, as pastors and hopefully as a church together, we're just trying to put some things out there for the next year and for the future of our church just to trust God with and do together and, and really look to God in faith that he would just bless the work we're doing together. So I'm going to invite Jeff up just to talk through the next step there if he's in the house. I don't know, Rich, you were doing an intro or what, but... <laughs> All right, great. Well, for those of you who I have not met, my name is Jeff, one of the other pastors here. So as you can tell, there's four of us. <laughs> it's a good number, good number. Um, it, it has been exciting over the last bunch of years. I, I was one of the first ones down here. I helped lead the first summer project that was down here, what, nine years ago now, I guess, um, when we lived kind of on the south end of town. And this is actually our eighth location in those last nine years. So it's kind of fun to have a home here in the neighborhood. Um, I am married. I have a wonderful wife, Grace, who is not in here. She's on hall duty, so she's taking care of all your kids, making sure that nothing's going wrong out there. And then I have three little ones, so it's a busy life. I'm also, like Brad, I'm a full-time web developer, software engineer for a company in Boulder. So I've done that for the last 12 years, same job. Sorry about the lights. <laughs> that just changed again. But um, So I've been there for about 12, almost 12 years now, down over there in Boulder working. So doing both, just like Brad. Uh, I got my hands in both and got a family I'm trying to bring along here, too. So um, I get to share with you the fun chart. I guess I'm the chart guy. <laughs> 
and that's all right because that's who I am. <laughs> I am the chart guy. I draw up charts for everything. I love charts, um, and, and you know it's it's exciting to see where our church has come. Uh, we've always been kind of small. We've been able to do things without having to have a chart before. We've been able to do it successfully. And we've been able to see people uh, reached and bring people in here. And we've gotten to the point where we've gotten pretty large. And having one full-time guy again, you know, we're praying. We're figuring out, trying to figure out what God wants there to bring on another full-time guy. Uh, but we need more time. We need more people. We need more people jumping in. I, I was reading. I've been reading through the Gospels chronologically here for the last little while. My quiet times and. I was just struck with um, this verse here. It's John 4, and some verses, John 4, 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. I just was encouraged by that, that God's put us in a place here, just like Brad was sharing, just like Tim was sharing. This neighborhood is an amazing neighborhood. Uh, it happens to be one of the hottest neighborhoods in Denver. Uh, there are a lot of people moving into this neighborhood. If you've walked around at all, if you were here five years ago, this neighborhood's totally different. There are a, There's a lot more happening here. Five years ago, this building was an ugly green building, sitting here in a neighborhood with broken windows. And I mean, there just wasn't anything going on in this neighborhood. And God's changed all that. He put us here. He put us here before it happened. And it's really cool to see that. But at the same time, we're looking at it going, wow, there's so much to do here. And we're, we need to figure out how we can do this. We need to manage this. We need to be responsible before God. We need to figure out a way. We need to be good stewards of what he's blessed us with here. And so hopefully, as we're moving into it, we've, we've kind of got a, a two-pronged approach. Number one is ministry teams in our church. And that's what this chart has to do with. We need to get this church going in a way that it's not just every meeting a pastor has to be there or a pastor's in charge of it because we just can't grow it. We're at that maximum point. I like to joke with the other pastors. I feel like I've got a, a really long straw. I think all of us do, and we've got our heads underwater. <laughs> but the water's getting really close to the top of that straw. We're, just, we're getting everything we can out of every minute of our days and trying to make everything be effective. And it's just it's not going to happen as we get bigger. We need more people. We need more people. And so part of that was, like Tim said, we, we recognized a couple more deacons. So as you can see there on the chart, I know it's small in your handout. Maybe you can see it better later. But um, the red boxes up there at the top are the four of us pastors. And then below that is the, the three deacons. We've got Greg and Jeremy and Rob. And so to help with this, being able to manage more, being able to grow it, being able to have these bigger ministries, we've kind of given these guys, tasked these guys with some areas. So if you look there, Greg. Greg is in charge of a good lot, and that's because he works here on Fridays. We do have him for that one day, so he has more time that he can he can put towards it. But there's information down that left side there. We have a lot of information needs, ways to get our name out in the neighborhood. Like Brad was saying, we want to be the Jesus people in this neighborhood. And how do people know when they walk in this neighborhood where to come if they want to know about Jesus? And we do that through information. Uh, that's multimedia. That's those TVs up front. What goes on those TVs? How do we keep that fresh and updated? Um, design work, like all of our flyers that we put out there, that we, those 10,000 flyers we put out. Somebody has to design those. If I designed them, no one would come. 
it would be full of information, but it would not look nice. <laughs> so we need people. We need people that uh, have an eye for that, that can draw people, that can uh, use their, their graphics abilities that God's gifted them with. Our website, being able to keep that updated and running and um, on par, the calendar up to date and it's not a month old and, and things like that. Uh, our social media, we're getting into that. We have a Facebook page for those of you who are on Facebook. Us pastors all are now, so you should be too. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to be. Uh, I think it can be a good medium, obviously, for things like this, to share thoughts, um, invite your friends to things, things like that. So we're trying to manage that and figure out what that looks like. Um, info table, we're working on getting an info table and someone manning it now where we can just have information where if someone shows up, they can go to that table. They can fill out their card on a, on a Sunday morning and take it to that table and get more information. We can have free things there. We can have stuff about our small groups, when and where they meet, the different groups that are going on, the financial piece. People would be able to know that, that they could sign up for it and just things like that and having people running that so that there's someone there that can answer questions. We've never really had that before because we've been small enough we haven't needed that before. So things like that. Uh, then you drop down there to the bottom, the hospitality team. That's up and running, as you can tell. The cafe, if you've noticed over the last couple of weeks, if you've been with us, Ned and, and some of those guys that are in charge, and Travis Gilbert are in charge of the cafe and upping our coffee level. We were always happy with, you know, Folgers from Costco before, but now they're bringing in a whole other level. It's a lot better. The coffee's better. Things are better. Sir, serving it, just cleaning up, things like that are happening so much easier now because they have a whole team and they're managing that team. Those guys, we've tasked them with it and they're running with it. Uh, the Connect ministry, like uh, Tim was saying earlier with John McIntosh, the hospitality, just reaching out to people and figuring out what that looks like. We're growing that. We're, we're trying to figure out, okay, people walk in on a Sunday morning and sometimes we don't see them again. How do we, how do we get to know those people? How do we get into their lives? How do we invite them to things? How do we be more hospitable as a church so that people can see God here. That's our, that's our major goal. It's not to have an amazing program. It's not to have the most amazing church that's laid out perfectly. It's to see people get saved. And how can we be more effective in that? And so we're, we're working all these teams towards that goal and going, hey, guys, here's, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach people. How can we do that better? And kind of giving these people area to dream and to grow. Uh, we've got some facility things set up, clean up. Those are things we're going to be rolling out, interiors, um, decorating, things like that. We're going to be getting teams, people in charge of those things and, and rolling those things out. We've got music, which you guys hear on Sunday mornings. We've got a couple leaders there with Jeremy and David Coleman and uh, the sound team, Matt Simpson leading that up. We've got just different things, those ministries that are really working well. They're, they've got their own schedule and Jeremy is, is seeing those over the music area, worship and, and sound. He's really helping get the scheduling and all that stuff done and he's doing an amazing job at it. I uh, appreciate him working really hard there. And uh, As you know, there's always someone up here. There's never a, oops, Sunday where no one shows up and we don't know what's going on. When you're smaller, that's okay. Now we're getting bigger. We can't do things like that. We need to have it a little more organized. Uh, and then Rob is in charge of the stewardship teams. That's going to be finances. I, From day one down here, I've always done our finances. I'm going to be handing that over to Rob and, and to some guys there to really take over that for our church and make it better and um, really clean it up. I'm, I'm not an accountant. I try. I, I know enough to balance the checkbook, but other than that, there's probably a lot better things people could be we could be doing there and uh, helping with that so he's going to be helping with that he's also as you know the memory madness guy so he's been doing a really good job at that taking care of that for us and so um, he's going to be over those areas so so that's that's internal ministry teams. So that's one of our two prongs we're going for. So we, we really have asked, and a while back, and we'll probably do it again here, we handed out a, a kind of a 
information sheets that just said, hey, what are, what are you interested in? What are some areas you're interested in? And we ranked people, and that's how a lot of these teams came about. They went, oh, man, uh, number one, that's, I want to be that. I want to do that at our church. And so we'll probably hand those out again if you haven't seen those. You can fill those out, get you on some of these teams, serving some of these teams. But, again, this is just the first prong. We're also going to have a whole other one that we're rolling out, like Brad said, this summer that's going to be outreach-based teams. And we'll have a chart that looks a lot like this. It'll come off of this chart, but it'll be outside of our church. How are we going to reach people type teams? Um, whether that's biking, like Brad said, maybe you have a heart to bike and you go, all right, well, we could start this ministry and we could have everyone meet here on Thursdays and go for a five-hour bike ride or, I don't know, you bikers are pretty crazy. That seems normal to me. You go for a long time. <laughs> that's fine. But maybe that's your heart and you just really have a lot of friends that you could go, man, if, if I just had a bike crew at church that I could really bring people to, people would come. I know I could reach my coworkers. Or maybe it's uh, something else, whatever you could dream of, whatever's on your heart that you go, man, I really have a desire to see people reach. And I just know if I had a little power behind this, I could, I could get something going. I could reach a lot of these people. That's what we want. We want people to dream. And so we're going to get those teams rolling out a little more this summer because as, as we're going through these series here, our goal is kind of that last series we went through is to get people's hearts at a place where, where we're really like, okay, God, you are in control and I love you and I, I realize that Jesus has done everything and I could add nothing to it. Now what? And so this next series we're going to be going through is really about our identity. What is our identity in Christ? And then just some maturity principles. What are, what are things we need to do? If we really love Jesus and we're really on fire and we really want to reach this world, what do we need to do in our own lives so that we can be effective and we can reach people in our world, that we can reach people in our neighborhood, that we can reach people that are living next to us, that we can reach people who are in our classes with us or coworkers with us at work. So we're going to be working through those. And then when we hopefully we've kind of planned it out to where when this summer, as the weather gets nicer outside, because as you know, it's not quite nice out there yet. It's supposed to snow the next three days, so you can't really be out doing things. But um, where we can get out and we can do some of these things, we can knock on all the doors in the neighborhood. We can get some of these outreach teams rolling. Maybe it's a biking crew again once a week that meets here, or the garage is a place where people can fix their bikes or something. I mean, you guys dream. It's, we want to leave that up to you. We want you to be thinking about it and going, how can I reach my coworkers? How can I reach my lost friends? What are things that we could do to better do that? And so, again, we'll roll those out this summer and get people in charge of those teams. And, and we think just by having this, it's not all about the structure. It's really not. It's not at all about the structure. It's all about Jesus working in it. But if we have a structure, we can manage it a little better as pastors. We can give guys responsibility. We can go run with it. All right, you're in charge of this. Report back to us. Let us know how it's going. Uh, because, again, with just the four of us pastors and one being full-time, we can't do it all. Like, it's not possible to oversee it all and to make sure everything's going well. We need men and women to step up and to take over these areas in our church and, and really get us further down the road. So that's that's my heart. That's what I want to see happen here. Um, I, I really love all of you guys. I appreciate all you guys. It's been fun to just see this group grow. It's been fun, like Tim said, to have that church join us and get to know Tim better. I, I've known him from a distance. I, years and years ago when I was in college, I went to his church and sat in this room and made phone calls for one whole day. It was a lot of fun. So I got to know him then and got to know some few people in that church there. But it's just fun to have you guys join us and to get your experience. Uh, tend to be a little more on the experience side maybe than we are. And so that's really fun to just get to know a lot of you guys and um, have relationships there. But we're just hoping that God does an amazing thing. We could see him blowing the doors off this church and having it be so big that we're like, oh my goodness, now what? We don't have enough room. And so we hope that God's putting that on your heart that you're going, man, we could, there's an awesome opportunity here. Um, and let's just see what God can do. So that's all I have. We're just going to come back up and finish this up here this morning. Well, um, 
So I guess you've experienced a pastor social of some sort here. So um, I'm just going to share a verse or two and we'll, we'll wrap it up. But um, I think a lot of, a lot of cool things going on. Um, you know, recently as we've been on this journey of just searching out our vision and things like that, we've had John Meyer, uh, as they've mentioned, kind of coaching us as a church. And John has been, uh, he's been referring to himself, it's been kind of interesting, he's been referring to himself as Moses, and we're kind of like the Joshua's, you know, and so uh, that's been a fun analogy there. But as, as we've been going through uh, Joshua in the, in the one-year Bible, I don't know where you're reading, but in the one-year Bible it's tracking through kind of Moses passing the baton to Joshua in a lot of ways here. And I've just um, seen a few verses that have spoken to me, and, and I'll just close with, with these thoughts and uh, hopefully give you some action steps to take as well. I love this one place where um, Moses is talking to the people and he's saying, hey, you know, um, we've jumped around the desert for a while here. We've kind of gone from place to place. And in some ways the firehouse is jumping around all over the neighborhood. Um, you know, we, we met in some interesting places there, some fun places. Uh, I thought it was fun having the for a while there. If you were at the Regency, we had an arcade for our lobby, a bunch of fun games, and, and a bowling alley there. So to bowl before and after the service. Um, been at the Ramada where we lacked nada. We, we liked that. That was a good place. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. But in some ways, I felt like we were wandering around, and God landed us here at this warehouse, and it's been neat. Um, but Moses was talking to the people in, in this passage here, and he was talking about how um, when God brought them across the Jordan into the Promised Land, that things were going to change a little bit. How they went about business and setting up their tent and tearing down their, their goatskins, uh, you know, whatever tents were made out of and stuff there. Um, you know, this verse is what he said. Um, this is uh, Deuteronomy 12, verse 8. But it says, Today you're doing whatever you please, but that is not how it's going to be when you arrive to the place where the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, you will soon cross the Jordan River in the land um, that your God has given you as a special possession. And he goes on and talks about how some of the things will change. But, you know, to me, when I was reading this in the context of our church, is kind of shifting from first gear and being just organic and you just show up and, and everybody does the same thing. You all do the prayer meeting. We all, we all are the cleanup team. We all are the setup team. And um, But it seems like God is shifting gears for us. We have new features like you see the lights changing like that. That's uh, <laughs> That is our light show. That's the Firehouse Light Show. It's part of our new upcoming programs we have here as well. Um, no, we're figuring that one out. I think we thought we had figured that one out, but uh, it's back. So, um, anyways, but, but the idea I came away with was, you know, God is changing our church. Our, we're going to have to shift gears. We can no longer be a church that doesn't have an org chart. You know, before it was just like the org, organic. We didn't have an org chart. That's our first org chart of any sort here. So we're, we're having to get organic and yet organized at the same time. And there's some fun things there, but it's uh, it's not going to be the same. We're going to have to get a little more specialized. And some of you are going to have to step up in different ministries with your giftings and with your passion and things like that. And so we're excited to see what God's going to do there. Um, the other thing I've been thinking related to um, Joshua here is... Um, some of you know the story, you know, the Red Sea and Moses kind of comes up to the Red Sea and the Egyptians are behind him and uh, and the Red Sea parts and they cross it, you know, and there was faith that was required to, to go through the Red Sea. But Joshua kind of had a different uh, a different type of faith when he came up to the Jordan River. Um, you know, with, with Moses in some ways I'd say it's a little easier. When you see a gigantic sea parked before you, um, you know, you should probably walk across it. You know, it's pretty straightforward. But with, uh, with Joshua's setting, they had the river, and he told the priests, um, he said they were going to have to set foot into the river there, you know. And um, in some ways, um, I'll read a couple of that in, in Joshua 3 here. It just says, um, 
This one place says, As soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water began piling up at a town upstream. And um, you know, But they had to step into the water. And I think in some ways it's easier. When, when the Red Sea parts and you go, I think God wants me to walk through it, it's pretty straightforward. You know, It's, it's a pretty big deal that when things just kind of open up for you. But in this step of faith with Joshua, it was, uh, hey, by the way, I want you to step into the water. And once you take your step of faith into the water, then things are going to part. And as a church, I think coming into this building was a little more like the Red Sea parting. You know, we were, we were looking around. We kind of asking about rent, talking to the landlord. And he's like, hey, I'll give you this place at the same place you were paying rent at the Ramada or some of these others. And we're like... No-brainer, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we, we knew that we could exchange our work and our elbow grease for um, you know, doing some renovation works here that would maybe count towards our rent. And so a lot of it was just like, it was a big faith step, but it was also like we saw God part the sea before us, and we just kind of had to walk through in faith. I think some of the new things that we're going to be doing as a church are going to be a little more like Joshua having to step into the water first, and then things part, you know. And um, I think that's the way it's going to be with some of our, our ministry teams and some of our outreach teams and uh, some of the goals that we have here. You know, we're going to have to step out um, and trust God to kind of part the waters for us that way. I think about staffing. You know, we have four pastors. Sometimes people say, you know, boy, for a church your size and you have four pastors, that's a, you know, it's a high pastor to people ratio. And and yet at the same time, um, out of the four of us, there's one of us that's full time and the other guys are, you know, have commitments other places full time and anything that's done in the church is kind of beyond that. And so I think there's a step of faith that, that God has for us that's uh, going to be trusting God for another full-time person and and we're kind of seeking God on that but it has ramifications for my faith you know it's kind of like up until now the church has had you know we've provided for our um, we've provided for one pastor and we provide for rent we pay the utility bills on occasion maybe it has something to do with that what's going on with the power here got a discount recently but um, no um, but you know I think as one full-time guy it's like uh, so we get paid and we have finances and there's faith related to that but when you add a second full-time guy there's there's a whole another round of faith you know it's like if it's just me and we're trying to decide do we pay Excel or do we pay the pastor they've been going with me you know and um, but when it's two guys and we're, we're, we're both stepped out and you know some guy walks away from a real good and secure job and I'm here and, and he's here and we're starting to go the money is tight what do we do you know it's, it's got a lot more ramifications for me it's got a lot of ramifications for them and, and there's going to be a lot of faith required in, in some of that aspect here but um, but anyways you know I just want to leave each one of you thinking this morning um, what are some faith steps God has before you what, what are some things he's calling you to do some of these goals here might scare you the thought of knocking on, on the doors in the Highlands neighborhood to you know ask someone, how can we pray for you? And by the way, here's our church, you know, letting them know about us and, and opening up a conversation there. Maybe that scares you. Some of you, your faith step might be you're still figuring out your faith. And it's time for you to, you know, maybe that step is you need to place your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Uh, maybe some of you have done that. And the next step is getting baptized like these guys did last week. And they go, I want to go public about my faith in Jesus. Maybe your faith step is, you know, now it's time for me to uh, bite the bullet and get equipped to share my faith with someone else because 
It seems like from the New Testament that's a normal part of the Christian life is being witnesses as a way of life. It's not, it's not for those, uh, the gifted ones for that or the pastors. It's for all of us. And so I encourage you to look over your life. What is the step of faith God would have you to be thinking about? Uh, maybe it's relationships, changing some relationships in order to follow Christ better. Maybe it's financial things. I think about this FTU. It's been awesome to go through. We're halfway done with the class. And um, as, as Sean promised uh, up front in the class, we're halfway way to be a millionaires right now. It's been awesome to engage with that. Some of you, that the faith is maybe financially related to some steps there, some restructuring. Um, but I'm just going to close this morning having you just, we're just going to give you a minute um, just to think, what is, what is the faith that God might have for you in your world? God knows everything that's going on in your world and He knows where, um, where you might need to step, uh, step into the water before it parks before you. Or maybe you've got a red sea that's like obvious. Maybe there's a, a sin area. God wants you, it's time to overcome and start obeying in that area. Um, but just take a moment here and try to listen to God's voice uh, as He speaks to you about that step of faith. I think of the verse um, that, that I just wanted to close with was um, uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But it just says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. And so um, God wants us to all be walking in faith, whatever phase of life we're in, whatever is before you. Um, and, and you might even know what that step of faith is for you, some, some new steps, some obedience steps, something where you've got to trust Him. And if He doesn't come through, it, it could get hard, it could be embarrassing. But, but God, is, He's real and He rewards those who trust Him, those who seek Him. And so I'm just going to give you a minute here. I don't know if I have a, a background music for, for 60 seconds, uh, 59 seconds. Um, just, just ask God what steps He might want you to take. I'll pray in uh, 55 seconds here. And we'll go. We'll call the morning. God, I pray you would help each one of us to hear you and to respond to you. God, you've you've got steps you would want each one of us to take in order to follow you, in order to trust you. And and God, help help us to hear you. Help us to have soft, sensitive hearts. And then help us to to obey you, to step out in faith and do what you want us to do. And God, I pray that for us as a church, Lord, there's things you want us to step into and as far as ministry teams go, to strengthen our church and outreach teams to, to reach out to people and God, I pray you bless this upcoming series, this uh, the series on, on what it is to be your disciple as you define it. 
uh, most of us would call ourselves disciples or followers of yours, but uh, you've got some real uh, clear things you lay out of what a follower of yours should look like. Lord, I pray you bless this upcoming series. I pray you would envision each one of us to be your disciple in, in all that that means. And God, we just thank you for meeting us here this morning and, and help us have the faith that we need to obey you, to follow you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for, for coming here this morning. And again, we are next week. We'll start our series on, on discipleship uh, called Envisioned here. So be praying about that. We look forward to kicking that off next uh, Sunday morning. Thanks for coming this morning, guys.